Hey, and welcome to the Crosspoint Podcast. Let's get into this week's message from Pastor Michael Tadlock, and may it bring healing, hope, and ultimately, transformation. All right, I want you to grab your Bibles and stand with me. Go with me to the book of Ezekiel chapter 22. Ezekiel chapter 22. I want to say to you this morning, I don't know that I have ever preached a message that I have felt any more of a burden, um, any more of a, just a, a, a gravity, a heaviness of the call. And so today I'm asking the Lord for extra help and an extra anointing. I know when I preach messages like this, generally I, I, I stay pretty close to the pulpit, and so I'm going to leave that in the hands of the Holy Spirit for today. But I'm just asking Him to open our hearts up. I don't know why you may have come today. Maybe you've come this morning. This is your church home. This is where we gather and worship together. Uh, maybe somebody drug you here today. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm glad you're here. Maybe you've come today because... You need healing in your life. You, you need deliverance in your life. You need God to work inside of you. Maybe you've came in today and you know that your heart's not right with Jesus. And, and if you were to die in this moment, you know, I'm not ready to go. Maybe that's why you're here today. And I want to tell you, you don't have to wait to the end of this message. If you want to give your heart to Jesus, these altars are open. You can come right now if that's where you're at. But Regardless, I believe God has a mission for this moment. I believe he has a mandate for this message. And so I'm asking him to come and to fill my mouth with that that he would have to be spoken today. And so I'm asking him also to open your ears to hear and your heart to receive today. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. If you're physically able, stand with us in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. We're going to read one verse here. Verse 30, and it says, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Can we read it one more time? I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Now, you know, I preach out of the King James Version. I have a couple of other versions that I'll quote from time to time. And I, I a New Living Translation, New King James. This is one that I don't normally quote, but this particular version, it says so beautifully what I believe the cry of the Spirit is for this moment. And this is found in the Bible in basic English. Ezekiel 22, verse 30. It says, and I was looking for a man among them who would make up the wall and take his station in the broken place before me for the land so that I might not send destruction on it. But there was none. I want you to listen one more time. And I was looking for a man among them, man, woman, among them who would make up the wall and take his station in the broken place before me for the land so that I might not send destruction on it. But there was none. 
We need the help of the Holy Ghost today. I want to talk to you for just a little bit on this thought. Standing in the broken place. Standing in the broken place. How many of you want to hear from the Lord today? If you do, shoot a hand up. I want to hear from the Lord today. Now shoot your other hand up with that one and let's ask him to come with a fresh anointing and open our ears and heart today and speak to us. Jesus, we love you. We just thank you, Lord, for what you've already done in this place. Thank you for how you've already moved in these altars. God, as as I, I stand before you today behind this sacred desk, I do so, Lord, in such humility. I know, Lord, that I'm nothing. I need you to come. I need your power. I need your presence. I need your touch, Lord. I need the unction of the Holy Spirit today. God, I don't want to preach out of earnestness. I want to preach out of the unction of the Holy Ghost. God, I don't want to preach just out of my passion. God, I I need the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I'm asking you, Lord, to clothe me in this moment, Lord, and let me be a messenger. God, let me speak what thus saith the Spirit unto this church, unto this congregation, unto my family. God, I ask you to let this moment, Lord, be energized by your power and presence in this place. I ask you, God, to roll back, Lord, uh, the veil and, and, and let the heavens descend. Let your glory descend into this room today. God, I ask you for revelation that would come, that would be literally as scales falling off of our eyes as we see the truth of your word today give you all I am. I ask you, God, to touch me, to touch all of us in this place today, to bring an awakening unto our hearts that will birth a revival in our souls. Come and move right now in the way only you can because we need you. Show yourself in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. You can be seated this morning. I was looking for a man among them who would make up the wall, take his station in the broken place. Another version talked about the breaches in the wall. King James Version calls it a gap in the wall. But I love the reference to the broken place. You know, we reference a lot of times about building the kingdom of God. And we talk about that here, Cross Point Church. You know, we're part of the kingdom of God and we're we're working to build the kingdom. I believe that it's a great comparison when we read the story of the Israelites and Nehemiah. They were rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem that had been broken down. While the kingdom of God today, the true kingdom of God is is never incomplete and it's never broken, I believe on this old earth that we call home temporarily that we find the daunting task of building the kingdom one block at a time a very difficult task to say the least. If we look hard enough today at the Christian church of America especially I believe that we will see there are broken places in the wall. A disconnect, if you would. Somehow, listen to me today, somehow over the past 30 years or so, the church has become sidetracked, nearly also disillusioned 
as to what our mission and our purpose is all about. And as a result, a strong, listen, are you with me this morning? If you are, say amen. amen. As a result, a strong religious spirit crept in that shifted our focus, our overall focus to church growth and purpose-driven ministries and even what we call Holy Ghost revivals. As I was spinning this, I hesitated because I don't want to do anything to speak against the moving of the Spirit that would be blasphemous. I felt the Holy Ghost nudging me to pin these words that for so many churches, it was nothing more than a series of good services, but it never brought change to the community. It didn't empty out the bars. It didn't empty out the crack houses or the pimps' pockets. It didn't change the trajectory of a town or even the curriculum in schools. See, when a true Holy Ghost revival shows up, it can't be contained within the four walls of a sanctuary. It spills out of people's hearts into the community, in their workplace, in the schoolhouse, in the courthouse. That's when it's a genuine move of God. Every genuine move of God historically and biblically has always been marked by souls being saved. If somebody's not getting saved, then it's more of an emotional religious spirit that is at work. I know not everybody wants to hear that, but I've not come to tell you today everything you want to hear. I've come to tell you some things today I know you don't want to hear, but I'm going to tell you the truth this morning anyways. The reality is in the shadow of all of our church steeples, the song says, someone is dying. Too many church folks have become so far removed from the battle with our PhDs and three-piece suits. And yeah, I wore my suit for one time this month. Someone was joking with me earlier. I wore it for, you know, I try to throw it on at least once a month. You're not going to catch me in a tie anymore. And if that offends you, I am so sorry. It was great having you today. <laughs> but this is what I want you to understand is that the church has lost sight of our mission and our purpose. There's been this disconnect where pastors are more concerned about big and building a mega church and, and church people are more concerned about keeping control and it's about counting nickels and, and noses and, you know, we want ministries and programs and we want to have the, the, the ministry machine in operation but yet we don't want to get our hands too dirty. We, we don't want to have to climb too far down in the ditch of where people are dying. We, we want it to be comfortable and we, we want it to be pretty. But I'm going to tell you something. There's nothing pretty about sin. And there's nothing pretty about darkness. But God is calling for the church today to have an awakening. Because I believe that God is not too happy with what we call our good services when or if there's no one standing in the broken places. If we can come together and have a little shout around an altar but we're not touching somebody outside of those doors what in the world are we doing here? It's not us four and no more. God 
God's called us here to make a difference in these last days. And can I tell you, when we do make a difference and they come through those doors and thank God I believe we are, they ain't going to look like you and they're not going to look like me. I stood last night and looked at a young man at the Dollar General that had every color of hair you could imagine. Can I tell you something? I don't know where he is with his walk with God, but God help us that he'll send people to cross point that are pierced from head to toe. Their, their hair stacked as high as the ceiling. I don't care. Tattoos all over their body, but they come in saying, I've got to have something real. Religion ain't going to save me. Religion ain't going to do nothing for me. i got to get somewhere that the power of God is working. See, we're not here to have good services. I believe if our focus is right, the good services are going to be there. I label a good service when the Holy Ghost moves and somebody gets saved, somebody gets filled, somebody gets healed, somebody gets delivered. Does anybody bear witness with that? But we're not here to walk out and say, oh, what a, what a good, so we have good services. We, you know, come, come see our church. We got good services and we love each other and we love our preacher. No, I want to tell you, that is not what God and who God has called us to be. God has called us to be a place that lifts up really high, as high as we can, the banner of Jesus Christ because he's the only one that can save the lost. He's the only one that can heal the sick, deliver the bound, rescue those that are in bondage. He is the only one. We are here to be a place of rescue, a hospital for the hurting, a place of deliverance for the bound, a place of, of hope for the poor and destitute, a place of revelation for the confused, a place that the true light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ is shining, a place of truth, a place of transformation, a place of victory. I'm talking about a devil defeating, sin chasing, Bible thumping. We ain't got pews who will call it chair jumping, enemy stomping, soul saving, broken healing, lost rescuing, heaven populating, hell emptying, miracles performing, fireball preaching, crazy praising, Holy Ghost moving. That's the kind of place that he's called us to be. That just ain't for me, preacher, then this church just ain't for you. I'm going to tell you something. There's a stirring in my spirit. And God has dealt with me over the past number of days and I've waited for when he would have me do some of the, say some of the things I'm saying this morning. So just grab a hold and hold on. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, Paul said this, Know also... That in the last days, what? Perilous times. Dangerous times shall come. In Ephesians chapter 6. Thank you. Verse number 12. And I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. Listen. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Paul told the church of Corinth in 2 Corinthians 10 and 4 that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. 
I just want to know who today still believes that our God is more powerful than any devil that you're staring down. Come on, I want to know who believes that God is still almighty. Who believes he's still sovereign? Come on. Anybody believe today there's still nothing too hard for our God? I want to read a passage of scripture to you today found out of the book of Isaiah chapter 30. You see the forces of darkness in the world as we know it. They they want Christian the Christian church out of the way because they want the message of Jesus Christ to be silenced. The prophet Isaiah dealt with this. Stay with me now as we lay a little bit of groundwork. The prophet Isaiah said in chapter 30 verse 8, he said, Now go and write it before them in a table and note it in a book that it may be for the time to come forever and ever. That this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, See not, and to the prophets, Prophesy not unto us right things. Speak unto us smooth things. Prophesy deceits. Verse 11. Get you out of the way. Turn aside out of the path. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Wherefore, thus saith the Holy One of Israel, because you despise this word and trust in oppression and perverseness and stay thereon, therefore this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall, swelling out in a high wall, whose breaking cometh suddenly at an instant. We're living in that day and the time, that hour, that uh, living in that time right now. That the world doesn't want to hear the truth of God's word. Are you hearing me today? The world doesn't want it to be declared that God, according to God's word, marriage is between man and woman. Is anybody with me today? The world doesn't want us to declare that man was made in God's image and he is the creator and he assigns your gender from the moment of conception. Are you hearing me? The world doesn't want us to declare those truths. The world doesn't want us to say that there's only one way to God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. There are not many ways to God. There is one and his name is Jesus. Oh, we can only coexist on this planet because of the love of God in our hearts towards him. But I'm not going to coexist and stand with you and worship as you're worshiping Buddha and Muhammad and in Wicca and everything else. No, sir. I've come to be a messenger. If I have to be right by myself, so be it. But I will be one that will declare There is only one name under heaven whereby men might be saved and his name is Jesus. Ah, I know they want us out of the way. We're living perhaps in the darkest of times on planet earth. Time when a generation is being driven to darkness. I want you to go with me now. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 18 prophet said, Behold, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me are for signs and for wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts which dwelleth in Mount Zion. How many of you believe that God wants to do a work that people are going to see and know that something's different? How many of you believe that? Because verse 19 says, And when they shall say unto you, Seek unto them that have familiar spirits and unto wizards that peep that mutter, should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead? To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. And they shall pass through it, hardly bestead and hungry, 
It shall come to pass that when they shall be hungry, they shall fret themselves and curse their king and their God and look upward. They shall look unto the earth and behold trouble and darkness, dimness of anguish, and they shall be driven to darkness. I can't preach on every one of those verses, but that very last part is what I want you to understand today, that we are living in a day and an hour that the world is being driven to darkness. Now, I don't have time to get into dealing with media as much as probably what I need to right now, but I'm just going to throw out one, one media name that some of you have heard this before and others of you are going to just about, false teeth going to fall out. Grab a hold of them right now. <laughs> Help us, Lord. But this is the what I want you to understand is that when we're talking about driven to darkness, do you realize that what Dis the Disney Channel alone is doing, it is driving a generation to darkness. It is driving a generation to the cult, to wizards and psychics. Are you hearing me today? Driving a generation to accept homosexuality and transgenderism. Driving a generation. Oh, I, 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 we, I saw a program my, my daughter was showing me the other day. And on that program, I don't know if it was Disney Channel or not, we try not to watch it, that channel anymore. And, and you, we, there was no proof, but it seemed like the boy was actually a girl and the girl was trying to be a boy. I, I'm pretty sure that's what was going on because this generation is being driven to darkness. Are you hearing me? And that's just one outlet. We haven't even talked about social media yet. We haven't talked about Facebook and, 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 and TikTok talk and Snapchat and Twitter and Instagram and all of those. I don't even know all of them. I can't even name them all. I've never snapped a day in my life. Only good thing I've ever found about that app is that filter that it's got that makes you have all them funny faces. Outside of that, I don't know what good it is other than the fact that parents can't seem to see what their children are. Not, it's not good, but it is reality. What, what pictures their children are taking and sending off to others. Are you hearing me? Oh, I'll throw another one out there. Parents, you better be aware of Pinterest. Did you know my, my daughter has, oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Let me just say it this way, that don't you think for a second that anything that is an app that downloads on a phone, that Satan won't find an inlet in it and use it to bring bondage into your children's life. The enemy is trying to drive this generation to darkness. The enemy is trying to break your child so he can destroy your child. Help me, Lord. I'm not done. See, darkness always brings brokenness. Darkness always leads to bondage. Darkness always has the goal of bringing you to the brink of destruction. I want to share a story with you today. One of the darkest stories in your Bible. It's found in Judges 19. If you have been coming over the past few months, then this is not going to be a surprise to you. You've heard it. Pastor shared it with you. We've launched an outreach ministry as God has led us in this direction based off of this passage. But in Judges 19, I'm going to share it with you rather than read it all to you, but the Bible says there was 
a man, Fausti, that was a Levite. This Levite, his wife was actually, had, had started in relationship with him as his concubine. But she left him one day and she went back to Bethlehem, Judah. Now they lived in the hills of Ephraim. And one day he, he realized she's not coming back. She had been gone for several months. And so he goes to, and you can read this in chapter 19 of Judges. He goes to find her and he finds her at her father's house. He goes to get her and the Bible actually says these words in I'm going to read it so you, you know I'm telling you the truth. But in verse 2 of chapter 19, it says that his concubine played the whore against him. I know some just shuddered because I read that out loud, but take, take it up with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen. But this is what I, I want you to get from this is that she had went back home and had went back and had been gone for four months and she evidently had a generational bondage in her life. Evidently home was a place that she had been manipulated and abused and taken advantage of and she, even though she had gotten out of the home and out of that situation, it was still inside of her. <clears throat> and so she goes back to her father and the Levite goes to pick her up and to take her back with him and the, the father does evidently what he did really well. He, he urged the Levite, I'll just stay one more night. And the next day he determined, I'm going to leave today. And about four or five times he, the father convinces him and urges him and persuades him and will say manipulates him not to leave but to stay one more night. Eventually the Levite says, no, we're leaving. And so they leave him and his wife and they're heading towards Ephraim. The Bible says they were headed towards Jabus, which was Jerusalem. And he said, we're going to the house of the Lord. And it was on this path as they were going and they came into the land of Gibeah. And in Gibeah, nobody reached out in hospitality. Nobody offered to lodge them in their, in their house. There weren't hotels and things of that nature everywhere. It was, you know, it was a difficult thing if you were on a journey. If the end, we know from the story of Christ, if the end's full, you're going to end up somewhere in the back, back pasture somewhere. He found an old man coming out of a field. This old man comes and he says, Hey, why don't you come and lodge with me? This Levite says, we've got everything we need. We've got everything. We've got food. We've got, we've got feed for our cattle. We, we've got everything. We've even got, we've got wine. We've got it all. He said, yeah, you've got it all, but it doesn't need to be on you. Come to, to my house. Lodge with me. So he takes this Levite and his wife into his house. How many of you remember this story? A few of you. And, and it was there all of a sudden the Bible says that these men of Gibeah came knocking. One version and translation says they were pounding, demanding for this older man to send this Levite out so they could have their way with him. We see this in Sodom and Gomorrah. How many of you remember that story? They wanted to have sexual relations with this 
Levite, this man, and the old man tells him, listen, that this kind of wicked thing should not be done in Israel. And, and, and they, they wouldn't give in to him, but they kept pounding and they kept knocking. And eventually the old man turns and offers his daughter and this man's concubine unto these men to satisfy them. It's not clear to me at least reading in a number of different versions on whether or not the Levite was involved in this or if this was all the old man's doings. But either way, this concubine was given unto these men. This wife of this Levite. And the Bible says that they took her and they knew her and they abused her all night long. Verse 25 says, The men would not hearken to him. So the man took his concubine and brought her forth unto them. They knew her, abused her all night until the morning. But listen, and when the day began to spring, they let her go. I want you to hear that. Look at me. When the day began to spring, they let her go. This woman makes her way, Brother Shay, back to that house. She was so abused. She was so broken and she, she stumbles back to the house into the door into the threshold and collapses with her hand on the threshold. She was so close to safety but it had been too long and it was too late. She died there in that threshold. When the Levite the next morning opens the door and sees her laying there and he speaks to her and says, up, let us be going. Bible says no one answered. Levite, broken, takes the lady up, his wife, carries her back to his home. Now this is something that is brutal, but I'm going to share it with you. He was so devastated by what had happened under her that he took her body and he cut her into 12 pieces and he sent a piece of her body to every tribe of Israel. He was trying to stir the tribes of Israel up to realize the wickedness and the evil that was going on in the day so there would be a change. And what happened was the men of Israel were stirred to the place and to the point that a war was declared against Gibeah, which was the tribe of Benjamin. And they went and, and, and fought. There were many casualties. There were many soldiers that lost their life. But at the end of the day, the Lord gave them the victory. And because of the blood of that woman that was shed at the hands of her abusers, there was victory that was won. Now today I believe this is a tragic story. It is an alarming story. And I believe more importantly for us today, it is a call for an awakening. In Romans chapter 13, verse 11 and 12, he said in that knowing the time, that it is high time. It is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. 
The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. I want you to turn to your neighbor, if you would please, and look them in the eyeballs and tell them, wake up. Come on, tell them to wake up. You see, the broken place that we're talking about today, this woman was a victim of darkness. Now in this situation, yes, it was, it, she was here. We see a, 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 a great example of human trafficking and, and sex trafficking even in Scripture. And I, I want to stop for just a second because I have shared with you about the launching of Dayspring Outreach. Some of you have read it in our social media. And I've looked at this thing that is called sex trafficking and human trafficking and even, even labor trafficking and not understanding and not knowing, Lord, how... Can we ever make a difference? I, I, I've told you that I felt like a drop of water in, in a desert. How can we ever make an impact? We don't know what to do. But how many of you know that when God puts something in your spirit and in your heart to do, it's for a purpose and it's for a reason. If you'll be obedient, God will take care of the rest. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You see, this past Friday... As I, actually I'd have to, yes, was it Friday? What day was it? Do you remember? We had a supper that night. Thursday. This, this past Thursday, as I was here in the sanctuary, and I... I, I, I'm kind of leery to say anything, but I was here, we were here working on the lights, and can we thank God the lights are working today? Has anybody noticed? <laughs> Come on, Woo, give the Lord praise, hallelujah. If it does anything after that, you know it ain't nothing but the devil. Can I get an amen? But, but we're here working, and all of a sudden the back door opens. And in walks a man and a woman. A lady had contacted me and wanted to know if I would be here at the church that she wanted to bring somebody by to meet me. And in that door walked a man. I'm not going to call any names or program names today. I will later at another point. But this man is one of the most active leaders in the panhandle of Florida in stopping human trafficking and sex trafficking and labor trafficking in the panhandle. I sat back there. He wanted to hear our story. He wanted to know about the ministry. He wanted to know how it come about. And I shared as much as I could, Brother Shea, without taking all the time. Because you get me started talking about it. Sometimes I don't want to hush. I want to tell you all of what God's doing. But then I began to listen to his stories. And he began to share about the cities that are right here around us. That sex trafficking is plaguing our area area from Pensacola to Tallahassee. He shared with me the story of a young teenage girl and was kidnapped out of Texas and brought to Fort Walton Beach and put into a motel room and her, without me going into any great details, her first day 30 something men visited that hotel room. He shared with me other stories even about a teenage young girl that was exploited through social media because 
because she likes what appeared to be a teenage football player that turned out to be a grown man that was requesting her just to take her top off and take a picture and, and she did it and then he wanted her to take a picture with nothing on and when she refused he said I will share it with everybody I'll come kill your mom and daddy I know where you live I know what your dog's name is that's right here that was in Panama City I'm talking about the evil that is plaguing our land and that's just two examples I want you to know not too far from here this is a step we're taking as a ministry because that very night when an opportunity was presented to us that we're trying to step into where we can begin to support what is called a safe house. Can't tell you where it's at. Can't tell you what the name of it is. But I can tell you it's in the panhandle and there's a good possibility you've driven past it in your, in, in your in, over the course of time. But there are about 18, 19, 20 girls, women up there that have been trafficked in human trafficking and sex trafficking and they're to pieces up there. They're falling apart. They're broken. They're devastated. And it was not only us to financially support, but the potentials there. That cross point can send some ladies that can be mentors to those girls and see their lives changed for the glory of God. I didn't know when we started into this what God's plan was, but I'm telling you, He's called us to stand in the broken place. He's called us to stand in the gap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was told that in our area he said if there's drugs there's trafficking. He said that most likely in your area it's familial trafficking. What's that mean, Pastor? That means this mama that wants this drug that'll give her 12 year old girl to some man so she can get the drug. It's happening in the panhandle of Florida. Are you hearing me? Two FBI agents were killed a few years ago when they were raiding an apartment complex in Florida and they were shot through the door by a 50-something-year-old man that was a part of a pedophilia ring that reached from Florida all the way to Australia. But thanks be to God, this past week, there was almost 100 or so folks that were arrested that were a part of it, and I think it was 13 or 14 kids that were rescued. It's, it's a dark day it's a dark time but God has called us see I believe this concubine and I know I've been going a while now she represents all the darkness and bondage in society she was abused physically Sexually, mentally. I want to say something right here, right now. If you are an abuser, you better get your heart right with God. You need to go turn yourself in. Did you hear me? I know there are not many preachers want to stand up and say this, but I'm sick and tired 
of seeing our babies abused. I'm sick and tired of seeing ladies be abused. Are you hearing me? If that's who you are, it's time you make things right. Get your hands off the little girls. Get your hands off the little boys. Quit abusing that wife. A real man ain't gonna hit his wife or his lady. I know nobody wants to say it, but I've got to say it. God's commanded me and mandated me to be a vessel in these last days, so I'm going to say it. I'm going to declare it. It's time it ends. If you're doing that, God help had to make some really hard decisions over the last year. Really hard phone calls. But I'd do it all again. I'd do it all again. If it protects the babies, if it protects the children, I'd do it all again. Did you hear me? Listen, we want this pretty little gospel message tied up in a fancy little bow for all of us. Maybe we live in our nice little homes and drive our nice little vehicles. And for some folks, they're fighting the devil if their coffee pot tears up in the morning or their vehicle doesn't crank. But God help us to recognize to be the church to the folks that are out there that are being abused, those that are out there that are addicted to drugs and alcohol. Are you hearing? me he's called us to stand in the broken place I don't know if I'm getting too loud but Stephen if I am but see she represents addictions drug addictions alcohol addictions sex addictions she represents it all it's darkness You know, Pastor, you you ain't never been on drugs. No, you're right. I've told you before the only drug problem I've ever had, I was drugged to church every time doors were open. I'll take it a step further. I've never drank a beer. I've never drank liquor. I've never drank wine. I've never drank. Well, you Mr. Goody Two-Shoes. No. I'm no better than anybody else. I had a decision and I had a choice to make and the Lord helped me. Pastor, then you can't really preach about these addictions of alcohol and drugs. You know what? If that's the approach that we take, then Jesus couldn't have dealt with sin. Because he was sinless. And the only way I can know is through the Spirit. Because if we, we look at it any other way, we're, we're really negating the gifts of the Spirit. It, it, word of knowledge with Marshall and, and prophecy and discernment. But I'm going to tell you what God has done. Because He knows that I don't know what I don't know, Sister Leanne. So you know what He's done? He's saved those folks that were addicted to drugs. 
and he saved those folks that were alcoholics. And he said, Michael Tadlock and Amy Tadlock need some people up in there that know what it is to be addicted to prescription drugs and know what it is to be addicted to meth, know what it is to be addicted to heroin, know what it is to be addicted to fentanyl. Are you hearing me? And he's brought in some people that he's equipping this house to be able to reach the masses out there for the glory of God. I may have never been there in the flesh, but I've been there in the spirit. And I can tell you, I know God's brought us here to turn the world upside down for the glory of God. I've been thinking about getting a new pulpit, and I don't know what I'd beat on if I did. This woman represents oppression. Possession. This woman represents everything dark and sinful. The list goes on and on and on. You see, today, I want you to know that if there's anything I would say the devil's after, he's after our children. He's always been after the children. Did you know that? Twenty three years ago, this past Wednesday. God birthed a little baby boy into the Tadlock home. We fought hell to get him. But I'll never forget we dedicated him to the Lord on that Sunday. Some of you were there. We gave him back to the Lord. And I can tell you, we didn't stop giving him to the Lord. There were many days that we stood in between him and hell and said, you can't have my boy. There were many days that the enemy wanted to come against his mind, come against his heart, that we had to say, you cannot have our boy. There were many days there were questions that were the answer was hurtful but we stood between him and hell and said you cannot have our boy. He grew up, become a teenager, become a real boy. I mean a real young man <laughs> and I can tell you he was a hunk of bunk. He was a hunk, a hunk little fella. He was a handsome little dude. Just still is. But I can tell you ooh, all, all of hell was after him wanted to destroy him wanted to tear him down and we stood between him and hell and said you can't have our boy 
He gave his heart to Jesus at eight years old, got filled with the Holy Ghost at eight years old, but hell was still after him. Oh, and then at 11, he accepted the call to preach, and hell was still after him, playing sports and talented and gifted, and hell was still after him. I can tell you there were times he made mistakes like us all. There were times, I remember one time, and I'm sure he remembers it, that his daddy lost it. His dad, I got I've all I've had to make him sit down since he was 12 years old just to get a stand-up, Bubba, so they know what I'm saying. Just to get on to him. You know what I'm saying? I'd say, sit down, son. And he'd be in trouble. And I'd get on to him. But that day I, I was about seven foot tall, and I was just, I felt like empowered by the Holy Ghost. And I got up in his face and I I talked to him like a man. I dealt with him like he was a man. And from that moment to now, there was a change in his life. All of a sudden, he got on a path that said, I feel a call to ministry like never before. He started feeling a call to be a youth pastor and hell was still after him and still battling him. But there was still a mom and daddy that was saying, you can't have my boy. And they'd stand in between him and hell. Ooh, he, he, had a, he had a time through his, through his high school years, had some good times, had some bad times, was injured and went through the roughest time of his life recovering from a knee injury, but we still stood between him and hell and said, you can't have my boy. God's going to make something good out of this one way or another. Ooh, I'll never forget when we talked about launching the church and he had a vision for the youth and so he'd start meeting with them on the back porch just a handful of them oh I'll never forget when we moved to the elementary school and sister sister Courtney came on the scene and there she was she became the children's pastor oh and I can tell you he was begging God give me that girl back he had made a mistake he did I don't remember. I want to get into all that and get you in trouble. But he made a mistake and they broke up when they were younger. Oh, and Hayden, here he was. I don't, it was the weirdest thing you ever seen. They weren't together. They, they weren't married. But yet they were working youth ministry together somehow in some way. And hell was determined still to destroy my boy. And I still stood, Brother Brack, between him and hell and said, you can't have my boy. He laid across that altar at that old elementary school and said, God, if you give her back to me, I'm going to marry her. And God answered that prayer. Well, just a couple months, that was November, and in January, they were all of a sudden back together and red hot in love with each other. And can I tell you, from then to now, we still stood in front of him and between him and hell and said, you can't have my boy. And can I take it a step further? I watched them as they loved on each other and grew together. And I watched them on March the 13th, 2021, as they gave their hearts to, to each other, standing at an altar or at, on a platform at Milligan Assembly. And I gained a daughter on that day. And from then to now, I've stood in front of you, and I've stood in front of you, and I've stood and looked hell in the face face 
and said you can't have my boy and you can't have my girl. Are you hearing me? God raised up some parents that'll stand between them and hell and say not in the name of Jesus. You can't have my baby. You can't have my boy. You can't have my girl. A little 13 year old in there thinks she's 20 sometimes. We've been standing doing the same thing in her life. I'll tell you, this past week, I'm going to tell it. Some little old boy sent her a nasty message, made my blood boil. I'm telling you. I said, not in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I typed him up a message real quick like, fired it back and said, this is Hannah's dad. I'm very disappointed that you would send that kind of message to any girl and especially my daughter. And if you ever send another message like that to her again, I'm going to have a sit down with your parents and I'm going to go, see, I really wanted to say, I'm going to come snatch you up and I'm going to whoop you from one side to the other. That was the fleshly carnal, Michael. Oh, but the Lord kept that in check. So I, I sent a righteous message. <laughs> and I, I said, I'm going to get a hold of your parents and I'm going to contact the school resource officer because I ain't going to have it. That boy replied, yes sir. I said, and you owe my daughter an apology. He said, sorry Hannah. Can I tell you something today? We ain't going to have it in the name of Jesus. Hell is after our babies but there's got to be some mamas and daddies that are standing in that broken place and say you cannot have my child. Y'all don't tell her I told you Practice what you preach. Preacher, that's what I'm doing. Amen. Come on. This will make them think we're about to close. Listen. In this passage in Judges, this is what it said. And when the day began to spring, they let her go. When the day begin to spring they let her go how many of you know today how many of you understand today that it's time the day begins to spring in your life it's time the day begins to spring in your children's lives it's time for your freedom can we declare today it's time the day begins to spring in Ponce de Leon it's time that Ponce de Leon is set free. Oh, Lord, help us that Ponce de Leon won't be known for just springs, just a state park, just a, a state championship, but let Ponce de Leon be, be put on the map for a place that a Holy Ghost revival broke out, that folks were running, that were addicted to drugs and alcohol. They'd go in messed up, wrecked, but they'd come out sober and saved. How many of you know God can do it? Somebody shout, it's time. And that knowing the time, it's high time to awaken. Time there is a demand from a spiritual army that says, Let them go. Are you hearing me? Let 
them go. Help me, Holy Ghost. Let them go. Are you hearing me? Let them go. I want to declare it today from this sacred desk that I'm standing behind for anybody that that is in this community, in our area, under the sound of my voice or connected to your lives for every force of darkness that has them bound, no matter what it is, we declare in the name of Jesus, let them go. Let them go in the name of Jesus. Be free. Be free from bondage. Be free from oppression and possession. Be free in the name of Jesus. The day began to spring. Luke 1, verse 78 79, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. With Alvi, he said, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. Who is that? Somebody say Jesus. The New Living Translation says this, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. I like that one, Sister Sam. Psalm 68 and 1 says, Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. I know I've went a little longer. Well, I got two. Went a little longer than normal. Just had a lot to give you today. I want God to arise in Cross Point Church. There's 35 to 40 to 45 children in Ponce de Leon Elementary School that God's going to allow us to be able to touch their lives every single week. Let God arise. Thank you. We're looking at the possibility of a farm share starting every week that we'll be picking up groceries as a part of a program. We were contacted by the local fire department to step into their place. There's three or four other fire departments in the county that's doing it. And they didn't feel they had the manpower and they asked, would y'all be willing to do it? Listen, these things don't just happen. These are kingdom connections. up that farm share and bring it back here and if there's folks in our church that have needs they can be ministered to and we can we can might even could use some of it for backpacks and, and, and then let the community know to come get it at this time let God arise Pastor Hayden's going to be going back into the schools. Last year he saw 40-something teenagers make a decision to accept Christ. He's going back into the schools this year. I'm telling you, I'm believing God's going to arise and a revival's going to break out at Ponce de Leon High School. Let God arise. I want to show you something. Emma, I want you to stand if you would. I'm not going to make you sing or nothing. Just stand.
That young lady on Monday night of youth camp, she didn't know what was happening. All she knew is the power of God was moving on. She was shaking, patting her chest. Holy Ghost was working on her. You know what happened? She got baptized in the Holy Ghost on that Monday night. Woo. Nobody took her into a back room. She just, she's been praying, God, save my daddy. God, touch my family. Stand back up, baby. God, she's a little bashful. Lord's helping her with that. God, do this. God, do that. Can I tell you something? I stood out there, Brother BJ. Oh, and listen, as her family member came to pick her up, and she stood there and said, I think, trying to remember who she asked if they told. Did they tell you? They were like, what? I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I spoke in tongues. Baby, you just get ready, because it's just the beginning. God's going to use you to make an impact on your family and on your school. I want somebody to believe that God is arising. God is arising at Cross Point Church. It's just the beginning of what he's going to do. It's just the beginning. Hallelujah. The day spring about to break upon us. Sorrow may endure for the night, but what? Joy comes in the morning, Alvin. Look at your neighbor, tell him good morning. Good morning. What are you saying? I'm saying I'm through being down and out all the time. I'm through and be, I'm through being bound by this. I'm through sitting, I'm through sitting in the darkness. In the name of Jesus, I'm getting up and out of where I'm at. Ah, I've been in this broken place long enough. Can I tell you there was one two thousand years ago when you couldn't bridge the gap yourself, when you couldn't close up the broken places of your life. There was one and laid his life down on an old rugged cross and it bridged the gap of the great divide and he's the one that paid the price for your broken places and he's the one that paid the price for your healing. The day spring from on high. Stand with me if you would. You see, station in the broken place 
Are there any here today that are willing to echo the words of the prophet Isaiah in chapter 6 where the Lord asks, Whom shall we send? Who will go for us? Is there anybody that would say what the prophet Isaiah said? Here am I, Lord. Send me. See, I believe the Lord's called us as a church to stand in the broken place and to make up the wall. But I got to thinking, Sister Casey, I got to thinking about the verse in Revelation where it says, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Anybody know the rest? The word of their testimony. And I got to thinking about how a man or a woman building the wall and standing, taking up their station in that broken place, it might work like this. See, my testimony isn't just about me overcoming, but my testimony is also about helping you overcome. Are you following me? And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And that means that God wants to use you to make a difference in somebody else. God wants to use you to stand in the broken places of people's lives and you be the testimony of if God did it for me, He'll do it for you. You be the testimony. Well, I don't quite have it all together yet, preacher. That's all right. Start where you're at. You know what that means? That means you just start right where to tell somebody what the Lord has done in you. I just want to know, is there anybody in this place that is not ashamed to say that the Lord reached way down and brought me up? Come on. Is there anybody not ashamed to say today, I've got a testimony of what God's grace would do in somebody's life. Well, that's the preacher's job. No, it ain't. God will use you. See, your pain has a purpose. But you've got to let God use your pain for a purpose. Some are burying their purpose in their pain. And they're burying their talents in their pain. And sitting on skills and talents and abilities that God's given you that you could be using for the kingdom of God. But because of your pain, you're sitting back. You know what that is? That's letting the devil win. Yeah, but I'm so hurt. Give it to God and recognize one of two things is going to happen. Either the devil is going to have his purpose with it or God is going to have his. Who do you want? I want the Lord because the devil wants to destroy you. The devil wants you to be destroyed in the midst of it all. But God wants to turn it around for your good. He's working all things together for the good of them that love the Lord and are the called according to His purpose. Hallelujah. I want to just take a moment. Can we just take a moment? Would you just take a moment and just worship Him right where you at? Come on, just take a moment. 
Hallelujah. Come on, if he's done anything for you, just love on him a second. Don't be ashamed to worship him. Lift those hands, lift your voice. Just take a moment. Hallelujah. 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 We glorify you. We praise you, Jesus. We lift you up, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Master. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me I give myself away mm-hmm. I give myself away so you can use me would you sing that I give myself away I give myself away so you can use me. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, give myself to you. My life is not my own, to you I belong, oh I give myself, I give myself to you, I give myself
maybe you're here and you don't know the Lord as Savior. If you were to die right now, you know you're not ready. You're not, you're not ready. You know in your heart of hearts that you'd end up in hell. I want to tell you something. The Lord died for you that you don't have to go to hell. I'm not talking about are you a member of the church or a church. Or I'm not talking about do you pay tithes. I'm not talking about do you do good deeds. I'm talking about are you in right relationship, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Today, God brought you here for this moment, for this reason. So I want to ask you if that's you, to step out. Come to these altars. Nobody's going to embarrass you. Just come give your life and heart to Jesus. Come on. I'm giving it all to him. I'm giving it all to him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise for Brother Art today. Hallelujah. The third one, if the first two didn't cover you, then the third one covers all of us. Because the Lord's called us to stand in the broken places in our community, stand in the broken places of our families, stand in the broken places of people's lives because the enemies want to bring destruction to their lives. But God can use you to make a difference. God can use you to make an impact. Who will come today and say, I'm willing to stand in the broken places? Let the day spring shine in the darkness. Who will say, I'm willing, as many are coming, as many are coming all across this place. Can we fill these altars up from side to side? All through these altars, can we come? Maybe you want to come call somebody's name out to the Lord today. Come, lift their name up to Jesus today. Let's believe the day spring to rise amongst us. I believe you can leave in freedom this morning. You can leave in freedom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can leave today with strength in your soul, peace in your heart. Oh, he'll heal those broken places of your life. He'll heal those broken places. Glory to God. He'll heal those broken places. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. He's called us to stand in the broken places. It may be your testimony that changes somebody's future, that changes somebody's destiny, that changes somebody's eternity. Oh, mamas and daddies, come and be willing to say, I'm standing in the broken places for my child, for my children. Hell cannot have my babies, not in the name of Jesus. Grandparents, come and put those grandbabies on this altar. Come on all over this place. Let's cry out unto him today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to ask for some prayer warriors that have come and help us pray through these altars. Help us pray. Help us lay hands on some folks. Help us pray for one another. I need some men that have come and help me pray. Ladies that have come and help us pray. Let's believe God to move. Young folks that are still seated out there, I want you to reach over and grab a friend by the hand and say, let me pray with you. Let me pray for you. Oh, I believe he's healing some broken places today. He's healing some broken places.
Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. Crosspoint can now be your home church from wherever you are through the weekly live stream on Facebook and YouTube and this podcast. For more information on Crosspoint, be sure to check out crosspointpdl.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week.